Coco's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. It's Halloween. Goth Christmas. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) It feels good to celebrate something, doesn't it? Oh my God. This is hands down the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it is. Of all the things that we could adopt from America, like Mm -hmm. evangelical Christians in our politics and the slow creep of fascism, I like gooey candy and (laughs) pumpkins and lights. Uh-huh. Well, see, I mean, and the thing is as well, like the whole Halloween uh, tradition, it, you know, I mean, the whole concept, it, you know, it, it didn't begin in America. It's not exclusive to America. It came over to, you know, America when people went over to America. Unlike to, the people that were there first. Unlike the, yes, I was getting to that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so many different cultures have so many beliefs, but let's just say it, the Americans have really put their stamp on all over it, and I've got to say, I love it. Yeah, of all the things they've ruined with commercialism, they did a good job. Oh, they've done it so well. They've done a great job with Halloween. I have a um, a uh, a Jack Nightmare Before Christmas, like oh. jack-o'-lantern head that like lights up. I can't say anything. I'm so into the Halloween consumerism. I yeah, love it. absolutely. And you know, you get out there and you get to meet your neighbours and all that sort of stuff. It's good. I like it. My son lives for it. I keep promising to go as like Hellboy or something like that and I never lose enough weight to do it. So every year it's like you're going as a bumblebee again, mate, and I'm staying home. <laughs> I've been wearing this since I was two. Uh, uh, oh my god, you're not you oh, you're one of those parents where you see it's like, yes, you just like wrap your child up in brown crepe paper and it's like, look, you're a fart. <laughs> Pretty much. Damaging that child. Damaging well, that child. I actually took him to the Adelaide Fringe Festival this year and he mm. went and saw a children's performer who wrapped him up in brown balloons and made him look like a shit emoji, which was super cute. And then it turns out the guy who did it is a sex offender. Oh, Yay. Oh, Good that's, parenting. That's 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 awkward. That's the least horrible thing we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> that's a childhood ruin. <laughs> well, he's, I would say he's too young to remember it, but I've got photos and he's proud of the pictures. And it was his first ever time on stage, so he's not going to forget it, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just maybe just crop out the sex offender from the yeah. photos. Yeah, Rolf Harris wasn't there that day, son. Yeah. Sadly, I think anyone who had, you know, took kids to see a children's entertainer in the 70s, especially in England these days, just it's a case of just crop out the sex offender and carry on. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Stalining going on in those British photos, isn't there? <laughs> Actually, on a, on a note, we... Um, when my grandmother died on my mother's side, yeah, um, you know, did the whole thing. You know, you go through it's, you know, it's the life, and then she's got all the stuff from the people who died before her, and there was some like great great uncle's roommate's cousin, yeah, and he had all of his pictures. We're going through the pictures, and then obviously we're like, oh, there's this picture of this like little black dog, and you're like, oh, that dog is so lovely. I love that dog. I want to. Oh my god, that dog. And for that generation, you know, they always write the name on the back. Yeah. We turned over the uh, photo. Turns out little cute dog didn't have a little cute name. Oh, no. 
and we were like, just just get me the eraser. Just get me the eraser. And we're just like erasing it, erasing it. And my mom's like, you can't erase history. And I'm like, oh, you want to watch me? You want to watch me? You want to watch me erase it right now? Hey. Was, was the dog's, did it start with an N? It did. Yeah, that was a common dog's name in Australia. Which I yeah. just, I don't, I don't get. So that dog is now called Robbie. Good. Yes. Good. That's, Robbie is a good boy. He's a good boy. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he <laughs> doesn't endorse the antebellum south. Yeah, he doesn't racially vilify anyone. <laughs> Robbie! I did used to live with a bloke who had a racist pug though. It would, it, well, it wasn't racist. It was speciesist. It would bark oh. when there was fish on the TV. Oh. Yeah. That's very. That's a fairly benign form of bigotry though. Still bigotry, though. It is, but it's a Mexican dog with no face, so can't blame it for having some hate <laughs> it's not, in its little that's heart. That's not a free pass. That's not like, oh, look, I'm Mexican, I don't have a face. I can be as racist as fuck. No, <laughs> that is not a free pass, sir. That is not a free pass. Uh, that would explain the politics of Senator Malcolm Roberts, however. <laughs> it's not a free pass, damn it. Not a free pass. Pass. Uh, so welcome to Gabin in the Woods. This, hey, this is a new, well, we're weekly podcast that deals with all things true crimey and paranormal and Ooh. that sort of stuff with a uniquely Australian spin, we hope. <laughs> well, we're Australian. Yeah, with, with bad mic technique. <sighs> yeah. Oh, see, I'm used to being coddled at the ABC studios with their $6,000 mics and here I am with my home ghetto fucking 80s setup. Oh my God. God, no, it's not, it's not, you know, we're keeping it authentic, yes. right? It's real. Yeah, it's authentic. It's authentic. It's rustic. It's, oh my God, that's my, on a side note, it's my biggest shit in the world. If I walk into a garage sale now and you just pick up some piece of what any other day would be a $1 piece of crap, it's yeah. going into landfill if you don't buy it. If you pick it up and that person is like, oh yes, that's a very good piece. I'm like, I'm just walking the fuck out because yeah. you're going to try and charge me twenty five dollars. Yeah, look at the patina on it. Yeah, just fuck off, dude. Like, yeah. just just secondhand Tupperware, dude. It's not. <laughs> it's not a piece of Americana. Just fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a true crime and paranormal podcast where each week, me, that is John Brooks, an unemployed near do well who's currently dealing with a pretty serious chili sauce obsession. And oh, yeah. Elizabeth Allen, my co-host and co-creator, who was, uh, what's this, my business? Where It's equal here. Yeah, damn right. Don't make me flip this table. Exactly. You couldn't anyway. It's pretty heavy. Oh, oh challenge actually, accepted, actually, you misogynist. Yeah, you've got some broken hill thighs oh, yeah. to you. That'll just fly. i got country girl. Don't make me activate that country girl. <laughs> I will flip this table and I will hog tie it. <laughs> so this being Halloween, we've decided to uh, to have a bit of chat about, I suppose, some of our motivations and why we love horror and all that kind of stuff. Because I am, I'm a little bit of a skeptic when it comes to some of this stuff. Because you look at the different elements of what sort of makes up the kind of paranormal universe. And you've got things like cryptozoology. You know, mm. your, your Bigfoot, your Sasquatch, mm-hmm. the Yowie, that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Bunyip, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I grew up in country South Australia. I've seen what inbreeding can do. It's it's easy to mistake. One of God's mistakes for an entirely different cryptid, essentially. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we've, we've both lived near lead. We've seen what this stuff does. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we've... Like where I come from, the whole town is literally uh, circled around a giant black slag heap, which is literally just the rot from the mine that nobody wants. So, yeah, I, I, I've seen the power of lead. Um, <laughs> That's a great Huey Lewis song, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the power of lead. <laughs> 
you probably could have got him to do that song in the early 2000s before that whole Gwyneth Paltrow revi- like revival oh, of his career. Don't, God. The Minerals Council of Australia could have hired him. Just stop talking about Gwyneth Paltrow or I will uncouple from this podcast. <laughs> You'll make me stick it in my vagina. <laughs> This Jade podcast. Right up your goop. <laughs> Imagine if you actually said that to a woman. <laughs> I want to get to your goop. Oh, you know what? Again, I've, I've heard worse. That's the power of lead. <laughs> I definitely heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got cryptozoology, which is fucking bullshit for the most part, but some really interesting stories coming out of it. And this, we're going to talk about them as well. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not prepared to like rule that out at this stage okay. because, I mean, basically all you need is just something, you know, the same sort of remote location, and it just keeps breeding in and breeding in on each other, and you know that that can happen. It's no coincidence that the majority of these sightings in Australia happen in Western Queensland, though, is it? So <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. The um, deep north has some deep problems. It, it, you know, it just could, maybe it's on a planetary grid line or with the hoody doody or something. We don't know. Yeah. It's living on cane toads in the in the dane tree. Well. Like, avoiding fucking cassowaries. I don't believe that anything could possibly, any apex animal could share a, anything with a cassowary. Well, no, see, maybe that's it. Maybe there's like the, there's a whole crossbreed of cassowary we haven't discovered yet. Jesus Christ. And these yowies are going to come out riding them like Planet of the Apes and then we are fucked. Well, that's the reason that like, you know, we don't know about them because everyone who's ever seen them is dead. That's that's it. Vote National Party Australia. We need to get rid of our remaining forest to (laughs) knock this shit on the head before it ever happens. (laughs) Before the yowie invasion begins. They're swarming. (laughs) So I suppose then the next thing you've got to look at is parapsychology, which is ESP and uh, and uh, you know the ability to foretell the future and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which is interesting. But I think for the most part, uh, and I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I think for the most part is our own psychology and the way that that works and that mm-hmm. our, our brains can kind of like the frog DNA in Jurassic Park. We can we can we can bridge gaps to make some horrible thing a reality <laughs> with our minds. I mean, there's there's so many concepts. Like, it's not just that. Like, there's also the concept of, are you seeing the the future because I'm travelling into the future? Or are we talking interdimensional jumping into the future? Are we talking time warping into the future? Are we talking Terminator 1 into the future? Yeah. And they're all lovely little concepts, but they're not replicatable in lab situations. Yeah, but neither is love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've clearly never had MDMA of a decent standard. <laughs> I stand corrected. I loved the fuck out of a lamppost one day. <laughs> it was a long walk home. Uh, it keeps the Air Force flying. Yeah, the old bush doof. <laughs> then, of course, uh. you've got my particular favourite, UFOs. And Ooh. I'm all in. UFC, really? Oh, all in. Um, yeah, with the, with the exception of like the lizard people who are already here working with the CIA. That kind of <laughs> stuff. That's bullshit. <laughs> but UFOs, I'm uh-huh. all for it. 100% all for it. And I've actually, this is one of the weird things about being a parent is that my son has reached that age where he's scared of some shit. Yeah. Like it's, and it's now rational fears. It's no longer just, oh, it's dark. It's now, are there bad people outside? And like, my, I've had mm. to lie to my son and he said, Dad, are aliens real? And I've had to say, no. <gasps> And then, then afterwards, I go out and pray to Venus and say, 
Oh I'm sorry for disrespecting. God, no, you have to be honest. Otherwise, how is it like he, he has to be prepared for when the xenomorphs appear. Otherwise, he goes full he goes full Hudson. No, I'm raising my son to be a Ripley. <laughs> There's our first T-shirt. <laughs> oh my god! So you're uh, so you're training him so that you know men in authority will mansplain to him and then ignore his capable and sound decisions and thus kill everyone else on board. Yes, but he will have a forklift license, space forklift. <laughs> you know what? It, it's like everything. You know what? This this is always. You know, your parents always tell you you've got to have a career to fall back on. Yeah. You know, so if your international piloting, you know, license gets you know revoked because you detonate. Yeah. A, you know, $25 billion ship plus payload. Yeah. Um, what do you fall back on? Oh, that? See? She's like, oh, thanks, mum and dad. You were right. This forklift license. Thanks, fuck. I got a trade. So handy. <laughs> <laughs> well, my parents give me shit about the aliens thing because I, I grew up in a very Catholic household. Yeah. My parents actually give me a ton of shit about it mm. and basically just say, oh, there's never any good photos, are there? Oh, they're always blurry. Oh, there's never see a good one that's sharp and in focus. And I'm like, well, why have you only got drawings of Jesus? <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> you know how hard it is to get the right shutter speed when you're seeing reality being challenged? It's fucking difficult. When is the, I'm, see, this is where we differ. I uh, 100% believe um, that in other life forms, different worlds, obviously. Yeah. Like, we're not that unique. I, I don't care how many years your mum has spent telling you you're a special flower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not all snowflakes. So I have no doubt that there is uh, life out there in the universe. I'm not so convinced they've been here. Because, yeah, I, I've got to, like, agree. How can no one ever get a decent photo? Especially in today's society where we are perpetually glued to our phones. No one can get a picture. Yeah. The problem being as well is that it's so easy to fake anything these days that, yeah. that photographic evidence literally does not exist anymore. Yeah. Because of, you know, deep fake technology, anyone with even a basic understanding of Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, so the idea of actually getting compelling video or photographic evidence anymore that, what? that doesn't that doesn't come from a proper chain of custody that you no, can't. I, I don't know what you're I don't know what you're talking about. I have clearly people have been managed to provide evidence to prove that cats ride slices of pizza through space. <laughs> so if we can get that photo, why can't we get a photo of aliens? Clearly. <laughs> we need to we need to lure them here with memes. <laughs> 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 you know who has the best memes in the world? Russia. Lesbians. Really? Yes. Their meme game's solid. Oh, my God. It is so solid. It will make you, like... Memes and DIY projects. Yeah. If they sold memes at Bunnings, it yeah. would just be fucking lesbian storm. Yeah, seriously. They are just on that. That's just... if you, So, if you want a good meme, find a lesbian. Done. Yeah. I know, but this is not... I know at least 20 lesbians and their yeah. meme game is shit. No, I need the memes they're sending you. Oh, they might be keeping them. Yeah. I'm getting the low grade. Yeah. Just you know what I mean. <laughs> when it comes to the distillery and you're doing hands and heads and hearts, I'm getting I'm getting the, the stuff that sends you blind. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh. I get the good stuff. Yeah. Like well. Mm. Uh-huh. What are you telling us? Are you coming out on to our three listeners? <laughs> including my friends. <laughs> one of whom who is gay. <laughs> hey, I just I just I just said I take the good stuff. I never said I gave the good oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, like you're a, <laughs> you're a prison lesbian. Oh, I think we've already established that. Like seriously, like I am. Um, oh my god, like I'm I'm girly, but I'm sturdy. So, 
I think I think I'm prime material. If I went in prison, I would cause a riot. You would be very popular in prison. Oh my god, are you kidding? I'm guessing I'm guessing that you're pretty good at making alcohol out of anything. Anything. Pretty much cat hair. Yeah. <laughs> cat hair and Vegemite. Yeah. Oh my god, like that's that's all I do. My homemade punch, that's all it is. <laughs> I'm glad I'm going to your Halloween party. <laughs> Bring your antihistamine. Yeah, I hope, I hope you're not allergic to cat hair. <laughs> it's in the cheese. That's <laughs> right. All my cheese is lesbian. Um, all your cheese is lesbian? Yeah. What does that mean? Again, I'll send you a meme. It'll make it, it'll okay. make it all make sense. Yeah, I learn by do, so send me memes. <laughs> My whole world is Ikea instructions. It, it takes two people. One of them just going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and the other one's just a lesbian holding up memes and explaining the world to me. Ah. Uh-huh. Thank you, ma'am. Now we get to go play soccer. <laughs> Woohoo! Ah, <laughs> oh, cliches. Yeah. And then, of course, we come to, speaking of cliches, probably the biggest, the biggest paranormal area, mm. ghosts, Ooh. which I call bullshit. I I just do not understand ghosts. How does Is it, it what you don't understand or you just you don't believe? You I do not believe. At all. How does it work? It you think about it it's it's there's no animal ghosts. Yes there are. Are there? Yes. Really? Yes. I've never heard of an animal I'm ghost. I'm going to do a whole episode on animal ghosts now. Okay. Animal ghosts, yeah. Right. Like, so there's, so there's animal ghosts. Yes. Why isn't the I mean, if if it's based on people who have died mm-hmm. and humans have been on earth for what? Mm-hmm. Quarter of a million years. Mm-hmm. Why isn't the entire world just like a Japanese subway full of ghosts, where you cannot fucking move for spooks and ghouls? Well, a have you ever considered it could be you just can't see them? Um, and then the other thing to consider is it does depend on, I guess, your different sort of belief system and what you think. Like there are those who think not everyone turns into a ghost. Like there is also the whole concept of heaven and hell. Well, you so know, even ghosts, up, ghosts as elitism and the jobs go to the fucking boys. Pretty much. Oh, uh, but And then there are those who think that um, it's, you know, people just stay if there are unresolved issues or if they've died violently or or people who aren't aware that they're dead and just refuse to like – you know, let go. Like so, Dane Cook and the entertainment industry. Oh, well, you take that back about Dane Cook. He is <laughs> he is a wonderful, hardworking man. <laughs> He's a hardworking comedian who never got his dues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has struggled through adversity. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'd mentioned Gallagher mm-hmm. or perhaps Ostentatious from Australia, <sighs> that motherfucker is proof that you can haunt comedy clubs for 30 years based off one song you didn't even write. Yeah, pretty much. See? So so it depends on which type of ghost you're talking about. There's different there's even the concept of ghost cars. Now, ghost cars, I've pretty I reckon I've owned at least 3 because they were more rust than car. <laughs> but here's the other thing. If you if there are that many ghosts from that long in human existence, uh-huh. surely there are people who've been haunted by a particular ghost. Uh-huh. They've then died. And then they've then met that ghost in the afterlife, and now they've both got the same job. And he's just like, oh, g'day, I'm Gary. Uh, sorry for the last 20 years of ruining your sleep. It could be, yeah. Let me show you the ropes. Here's the coffee machine. Here's the, well, I mean, it could be. Like, that's the thing. Like, we don't, we don't know. Like, maybe it's like Beetlejuice. Like, maybe you just go off into a waiting room and then just pop up when you're cold. Who knows? Maybe you just hang around doing your own thing. 
you know. I feel like there's a Patrick Swayze movie that explains all of this well. Mm, mm, if only. If there was anything to it, he would have come back. And he would currently be haunting small community centres in Western Adelaide that still have pottery classes. Patrick Swayze has come back. He has been haunting my vagina since 2001. Well, <laughs> there's a cream for that. I <laughs> know. Oh, Patrick Swayze's is back. Oh, my God. You and those two fucking plastic hands. Oh my god, there is no one who has not seen Ghost. Who I thought you were about n- to say your vagina. <laughs> oh, everyone's seen that. No one would buy a ticket, but... We call it Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> it's hairless and hilarious. <laughs> She's got no eyebrows. Oh my god. Well, no, it doesn't. It's- <laughs> I think it would be weird if I drew eyebrows on, to be honest. But, you know, whatever. I'm not here to kink shame. Whatever, whatever gets you through the night. No, but there is not one person Called who... Called an angry Brazilian. <laughs> oh, my God. You just invert them. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it angry? It keeps... Like, why is it looking at me that way? Mm. <laughs> As it just slowly tips its cigarette. <laughs> Uh, that's a fringe show I would pay to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that hasn't been done before. Oh, it probably fucking has. Just some, put a little top hat on it. <laughs> some shipping container. Uh, eating eating a, a giant bowl of spaghetti, which is really wool, which they then use to knit. Oh my later. god, no, just get it to like <laughs> sing something in French. No. <laughs> <laughs> this little cigarillo. <laughs> Oh, if that doesn't entertain the troops, nothing will. <laughs> That'll keep the boys fighting against the Japanese horde. <laughs> Fuck. Hmm. Oh, well, that, that fucking went. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, the other thing is, um, you know, and I mean, it, it's not just, you know, people. And there's the things of, you know, people tell stories about, you know, there's certain areas, you know, and perhaps it's 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 an area that people are attached to. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there's many explanations. Yeah. There's many. I, I've got to admit, I used to 100% not believe in ghosts. Yes. I thought it was absolute horseradish. <laughs> Did not believe in it at all. I was very much a scully. Like, there is always a logical explanation for everything. It's just yeah. room temperature control. Uh <laughs> Ball lightning. Like, <laughs> I honestly believe that there was... Swamp gas. Swamp gas. At my house, it probably is. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> um, so, I honestly thought there was a logical explanation for ghosts, and I was not convinced at all until... Yeah. I had an experience that changed everything. Really? Yeah. You're going to get into your experiences. <laughs> well... Yes. Hang on, no, 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 because I, I knew you were going to do this. Basically, we were going to share mm-hmm. our two little experiences. I'm still a non-believer, but I'm freaked the fuck out. But we're still going to do this. I know that you have got two stories that are way scarier than uh-huh. mine. So I've actually got you some proper scary music. So uh, just let this start playing, and then we can actually uh, we can get into it, all right? <laughs> Theme from Hey Dad. Oh my god, I can't leave that. Is out a, that is truly a haunted house. Oh, oh, Mr. Kelly. Oh my god, no, you didn't. You know, this and this is a horrible thing to say, but my favorite thing about that whole saga, which <sighs> I know that's horrible and we should never make jokes about this kind of stuff, but this is particularly funny. When the statement was first released by mm. 
cast members of the show that mm. the guy who played Martin Kelly mm. was indeed a sexual predator. Mm. No one had named that it was Mr. Kelly. Mm. And everyone was left to presume that mm. it was another member of the cast. And the guy who played Nudge, the guy who used to go to the fridge yes. and pull out all the, the bits and pieces of food and all that kind of stuff, yes. immediately put out a statement that just said, it wasn't me. Because <laughs> the entire world presumed it was Nudge. Oh, that would be kind of like, I would really, oh my God, can you imagine how depressing that would be to wake up and go, oh my God, there's like a disgusting sex scandal on this TV show and your first thought is, everyone's going to think it was me. Yeah. Testament to how good your character writing was that you were such an annoying pest that everyone just thought, oh, he's raiding the fridge, he's... Yeah, he's good. Well, you know what? I I see. There's there's a beautiful irony in this. And if we could go like in the in the seventies, okay, yeah. the child shows. Obviously, it's found out now. All of these like entertainers from British TV in the seventies turned out with all these like you know, ho- you know, horrific you know charges and were absolute predators. Mm. Turns out the only entertainer who wasn't a sex pest was Benny Hill, who was famous for having a TV show, which was like so like misogynistic and all these like sex jokes that are so inappropriate. Yeah. Um, that's basically what his whole career was built on was just this like sexism. Turns out was the only one who was not a sex pest. There you go. In real life. Him and Cliff Richard. Who, who knew? I know. I know. Good on him. Benny Hill. Yeah. He did a lot for saxophone music and, and high top brassiers. <gasps> you know what? It's terrible though for anyone who's ever seen Benny Hill will appreciate because my, my, my parents – brought me up on inappropriate television and so i yeah. saw a lot of benny hill as a child it's why I, and that and james bond it's why i can make sexual innuendo <laughs> out of anything you're a sexual innuendo macgyver <laughs> give me a paper clip and a rotten apple and really and i can be like oh meritron <laughs> um I completely forgot. Oh, no. so, okay, so this is why another reason Benny Hill scarred me for life. I was actually at a crosswalk, and everyone who's seen it will understand this. I was at the cross. I'll be waiting, and right in front of me was this very short man with yeah. a bald head. Ooh. And I literally, it was like I was possessed. It took every bit of my energy to not just like, just like <laughs> pat him on the top of the head. <laughs> Which is a Benny Hill joke. And I was just like, oh my God, just like stop away. Just away i had to like i had to just leave the crosswalk so he's probably gone around his whole life with the feeling of someone about to touch him from behind yes yeah <laughs> oh yeah and then we finally meet yeah. it was like my final destination moment <laughs> he was my log truck <laughs> all right spooky music for real this time because uh, oh well no well, do you want to let me let me prepare everyone okay yeah as because this week so we're delving into the world of delving delving shut up we are we are dwelling into the world of ghosts. Hey. As this week we go into all the usual haunts. Oh fucking hell. Or Dear Abby, why did I get ghosted? <laughs> or we're going ghoul school. Oh fucking hell. Oh it hurts. It hurts. I see bad puns. It hurts. <laughs> oh my god! No, that should you should have been like I see, I see bad puns. I can't, well, I'm a 41 year old man who doesn't do a good impersonation of eight year old Haley Joel Osment. No right? diversity. That's I'm just saying. No, I'm you not need even, to work on your range. I'm, I'm only a double threat. <laughs> 
There goes your Tony. I uh, so I said I was I was very skeptical and I had I had an incident that changed my life. But before before we get to that before we get to that, um, once I had that story, um, uh, a, a couple of years later, I actually told it to my mother. Right. And my mother decided to share a a, a couple of experiences with me. Yeah. Um, now my mum is uh, well, she's retired now. She was a, a registered. Uh, midwife so she worked at hospital worked in a hospital pretty much her entire is there such a thing as an unregistered midwife someone who just yes. like advertises it on facebook marketplace oh probably oh god i've got a plunger and a paddling pool <laughs> yeah, i'll play you some in yeah <laughs> you give me a couple of eggs <laughs> done <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you can get anything like on like for cash you yeah. really can yeah uh, so she she worked uh, pretty much all of her medical career in in this one hospital. Yeah. Um, this was in the town of Broken Hill, and so it's it's, it's a mining town. Um, do we need do we need spooky music? Well, no. Okay, <laughs> we'll save it. We'll uncork that shit for the. Well, so so she, you know, so she worked um, in a hospital. So she, and obviously, you can imagine, there's a lot of you know people of passing, you know, in in hospitals. Yeah. And the first experience that Mum uh, would tell of it was one that her and the other nurses they would you know sort of talk about. Um, it wasn't so much uh, bad. It was. They, they used to be off, you know, uh, from the babies. There was a section where you'd go in, you'd have to like wash. This was back in the day. Yeah. You'd have to wash all the bedpans by hand and, okay, you know, the unmentionables room. Yeah, yeah. And you put them up to dry. And that was the that was the main room. She's like, you, you, you would be in there and you would feel the temperature change. Because obviously hospitals are very temperature regulated. Yeah. Um, Especially the, the birthing area and where they keep children. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You want to keep them at, you know, warm, constant temperature. Yeah. But so you would be in this room and mum would be like, you could, you would just feel the temperature just drop to, it was like your skin would crawl. It was suddenly so cold, Yeah, you know, see, see your breath. And you would sort of, that would happen. And then you could almost sort of feel the presence of someone going past. And there were people who had reported to have seen the image of an old matron. Um, it wasn't Benny Hill, was it? <laughs> no, it was a nursing matron because she had the old, like, you know, ridiculous, you know, hats oh, that the they cardboard used to hat wear. Thing they the say. cardboard hat. And they said it was more it, that they never felt threatened by her. It was more that every now and then she would sort of do her, um, basically she would walk the wards. Fucking ghost rounds. Yes. Because, you know, obviously, you know, that's that's what you do. You know, yeah. as, as you know, when you're in charge, you do your rounds. And she would just do her rounds. And to be honest, she's like, it's sort of, she's like, it was scary, you know, the first couple of times because you're like, what is this? And then it's yeah. sort of, you know, as you sort of experienced more, you'd just be like, oh, I don't have time for this bloody bear. And she would just go on her way oh. and, and and do her wards. Broken Hill, big union town. She's not going to cop out on her responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. Even after death. Exactly. Fuck off, scabs. <laughs> wow. Go barrel the fucking hard worker. Oh yeah. So that was you know doing her doing her uh, nightly rounds. Then, however, down the other end. So where it used to be, just before you would go into the ward, there was sort of you know like the. Uh, you know, the nurse's station. Yeah. And the nurse's station basically... The, the place where they sit and ignore your bed buzzer. 
Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, so, just yours. <laughs> uh, so, you can sit there right up there, you know, right up their charts. And so, you can have the lamp on. You don't have to keep anyone awake. Yeah. Now, at night shift, however, this there was a certain by the nurse's station you know everything would be fine again same temperature and it's broken hill you know it could be 50 degrees outside so yeah. it's, it's it's hot even at night it's still mm. bloody 30 degrees yeah, middle of the fucking desert yeah exactly anyway they had these old industrial elevators oh yeah and you know to sort of like to move the doors was like an effort in it itself yeah because you go into a hospital and you've got these massive elevators that fit like two beds yeah yeah, yeah. and they're designed to lift equipment in and out and so they're big fuckers exactly and this was still sort of back in the in the part that hadn't been renovated yet okay. so you had to sort of like slide over you know the little rattly door and oh, the big yeah. doors would would close yeah and the thing is that elevator it wouldn't just go on its own. You had to get in and very determinedly push a button. Those big old Bakelite buttons, you hear it go ka-clack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear the breaker behind it go Yep. Yep. So, mum said, you know, it would be the same thing. You would you would just be sitting in this nurse's station and every now and then, again, the temperature would just drop. Yep. Just suddenly, just freezing. And every time you would just get the sensation, your eye would be just drawn to these giant elevator doors. Mm. And then, you know, just in the silence of the night, the elevator would start. Right. And the elevator, it would always come up to that second floor, which was the midwife. And then the door would just open. No one in there. Fun. No one would get out. And she's like, but she's like, you could just feel. And she's like, it got to the point where like when they would hear the elevator, as soon as the door would open and they could see no one was in there, they would just be like, rounds. <laughs> <laughs> no one would ever stick around when when that was happening. Um, and then there was another part where they had this one particular room and some uh, you know, baby had passed it, you know, in the room and, and, and they just, they couldn't keep the room warm like the, the temperature was always dropping in this room so then they decided well, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna country hospital underfunded probably has a fucked aircon yeah so, yeah yeah but no they just they could not keep this room to a right temperature so they're like we can't keep someone in here someone is going to get more sick they're gonna yeah so what they did is basically they you know they just set it up as like a play area for you know when the bigger kids you know came so they had all the toys yeah. and in it, they had this old rocking horse. No one knew where it came from. It had just, it had always, it had just always been there, and it was this huge thing. Like it took like two people to move. You know, proper carved from wood. Yeah. Um. So my mum was, you know, usually, you know, the the kids would be there, and you know, she'd be like, suddenly it would it would get cold. Kids would start crying, <laughs> take them out of the room. But one night, um one of the sisters was on and she could hear a noise coming from this room. So obviously it's it's the middle of the night. There shouldn't, yeah. there shouldn't be anyone in the playroom. So she went to the playroom and he was this rocking horse and it was rocking. Right. As if someone was on it. Now this thing was so heavy, like it it's not the wind couldn't move it. And so this rock ho- rocking horse was just... Just, just you know, moving, moving back and forth, and then it just started getting faster and faster, 
and faster until it was at an unnatural speed that no human... They ran, they absolutely bolted, and they were just, they were freezing. Anyway, so come the following day, that nurse and one of the other nurses finished their shift. Yep. Uh, They got one of the porters to give them a hand. They put the rocking horse into a four-wheel drive. They took it out to the local tip, (laughs) poured petrol on it, and set it on fire. And that's the end of the haunted Sibian machine. No, but that's not the end of that room. <laughs> what? No. No. The room eventually, when they made renovations, yeah. the room was bricked up. What? They just bricked it up? Bricked it up. They didn't turn it into a storeroom for things that could be kept very, very cold? No. Bricked it up. Fucking hell. So all we can think is, you know, obviously there must have been other stories that my mum had not heard of. Other things that people weren't prepared to talk of. So, yeah, in a hospital which is desperate for room, they ended up just bricking that room off and and sealed it over. So, if you actually went to the airport, like for those who knew where yeah. it used to be, and then you would go, no, you would walk past it. It just looks like a flat wall. Um, they've since they built a new hospital and yeah. uh, the whole hospital was just knocked to the ground. Good. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, That's- my mum believes, my mum firmly believes, and my mum is not a makeup story kind of person but i was still skeptical yeah that's that's got all the hallmarks of your kind of um hammer horror mm. sort of stuff to it doesn't it but yeah. uh fucking hell let's uh never bring home a giant two-ton rocking horse from hard rubbish that's the the rule there <laughs> well it's like it's anything like it's in all those movies where if you just walk it you know you just move into a house and there is just you know, a rocking horse or a clown doll. Just, you know what, just just save, like, just set it on fire. Every hospital in the 1980s had that shit too. Yeah, just they burn it to the, the ground. The Mickey Mouse phone and the yeah. Cabbage Patch Kid with no hair left on it. Yeah. See, I'm like, the first time you're like, oh, has, has that doll mysteriously, like, moved toward one room to another? Burn it. <laughs> yeah. Burn it. Just Velveteen Rabbit, that whole room. Just, yeah, just like Ripley with a flamethrower. Just, just take it down. I once wrote a short film about a haunted couch, hard rubbish couch, called Scum by Choice. And it was about a Excellent. it was about a stenchcore punk rocker who died on a couch during a tour and his his spirit imbued the hard rubbish couch and ate the punk rocks that the punk rockers that slept on it afterwards. Oh. But the, they kept it around the house because it would shit Metwurst and piss goon. So they, they eventually brought home Yeah. I used to drink a lot. <laughs> So they brought home. They used to bring home punk rockers and feed it to it, and then that way they'd keep their party house going for for Metwurst and beer. Yeah. Oh my god, that really is an eighties movie. How did yeah. that not get made? Uh, oh, probably because I was an alcoholic and I couldn't get my shit together. But uh, <laughs> we we found a couch. We were going to do it. <laughs> oh my god! If they make like Frat Boys Five, yeah, you have a guaranteed sale. There you go. Scum by choice. I should make it. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't. No, I won't. <laughs> If I if I ever deny my son food because I have to finance a short film about a haunted couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm phoning somebody. I'm oh, phoning somebody. You won't even need to. I'll I'll be in a room in a straitjacket doing that shit in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm kind of um and don't start that rumor. People are going to start thinking like I'm living that life. Like <laughs> men come into my house and just my couch just spits out more cats. <laughs> So the the floor in that logic is men coming to your house. Oh, shut oh, up. There you go. Don't believe in UFOs or love. Mm, it's not out there. Mm. 
Dodgy bitch. <laughs> so the difference is I, I grew up in a house that was very much spiritual and mm. my parents tend, or very much my mum tended to believe more kind of stuff like this mm. because I remember coming home one day from school. I was in maybe like year nine or something like that. So I'm like 14, mm. 15. And my mum had these photographs from a Filipino priest who had come to the local diocese mm-hmm. of proof of a, um, uh, an, uh, a demonic possession of a child's toys. Say what? Yeah, so he had this photograph taken at the child's birthday and like the kid was blowing out candles and yeah. on it was a clearly plasticine devil. Clearly plasticine. <laughs> it's like, look, there it is. And mum's like, see, it's real. I'm like, mum, that's like fucking Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it, okay, so... It- they weren't saying that the, the devil toy was haunted by Satan. No, no. No, that was actual... It had been revealed by the photograph and ah. wasn't visible to the party goers. But there it was like, <laughs> on top of the cake. <laughs> oh my God, I really want to see this photograph. Yeah, it was it was clearly faked. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. But yeah, this Filipino priest came along and was hawking around the local community and, you know. Of the, so, I mean, so what? What was his? What was the message that he was trying to get out of that? Like, believe Satan in God. Satan is or, real. Yeah, believe in God. Demonic possession is and real. What, and what? He'll eat your birthday cake. Well, he, Satan is a cunt. He will fucking ruin it. <laughs> like, he's just. Oh my god. He's like. He's secretly gonna shit on your birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Satan will shit on your cake. Just like Satan. <laughs> I live in my dad's basement. Fuck your birthday. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! How different would the film "The Devil's Advocate" have been <laughs> if that's what Al Pacino was doing? You want to see a trick? I know a trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I learned this one from Coppola. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's uh, the worst Al Pacino impersonation of all time. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Do you want to hear? I can. I can do. I. I reckon mine's better. Yeah, go on. Uh, you ready? <laughs> She's got a great ass. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I um, I had, I had a similar kind of thing happen, mm. which which should challenge my my beliefs, but I, I really don't know about it because this the one devil I- shat on your birthday cake. <laughs> That's like the ultimate. We should call this episode <laughs> the, devil. the devil shat on my birthday cake. <laughs> Oh my god! If that's not a Rob Zombie film, <laughs> it needs to be. Oh, which he steals from John Carpenter and makes it worse. But, yeah, yeah. He steals the music of Al Jorgensen and then steals the movies of everyone else. That's I, not true. He also manages to get lots of shots of his wife, ass, his wife's ass, into it, which as is well. a quality ass. You know, yeah. Meh. I like him thicker. Wow, yeah. he really would be good in prison. You know. <laughs> You can move I know that. what pays my bills. You could move that rocking horse. That was your ghost <laughs> on that rocking horse, whiling away the time. Oh, my little French angry maestro is so angry it can do it can like telekinesis things with its mind. <laughs> that would have been a that would have been a remake of Carry On Watch. <laughs> Just seeing its little eyebrows go, mm. <laughs> John Travolta explodes. Mm. <laughs> Oh my god! There's there's a film. Right oh, there. Mexican carry. Mm. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh my god! <sighs> All right. So this this is actually like an interesting full circle kind of thing because the one I'm going to talk to you about this mm. happened to me at my old school. Mm. So I I grew up in Port Pirie and went to the local Catholic school there. 
Nothing bad happened. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. <laughs> but I went to the local Catholic school there and that, it had quite a long history and that, it mm. went back to like the 1800s. But mm. I went to a school that was there from like 1941. It was like a Josephite nun school, mm-hmm. real simple kind of place. When I went there, like it was a very old creepy looking building, two-story yeah. two building. If you want to look it up, it's 103 Gertrude Street, Port Perry. There you go. Get on Google Maps. Scarred on your mind. Yeah. Yep. You can have a look at it. Um, just a simple two-story two red brick building mm-hmm. made from kind of austerity bricks, Second mm-hmm. World War. Went there as a kid, nothing spooky about it. Mm-hmm. It was just a school. It was like an old, old, old school that wasn't very play-friendly. Mm. Got closed down. It then got taken over by our local newspaper. Mm. which was interesting. So it became the Recorder newspaper building. And it was years later when I was actually working in country newspapers that I came back to this thing. Now, country newspapers in their own should be fertile kind of ground for coming across weird paranormal stuff Mm because I spent a lot of time in some very remote bush communities. Mm -hmm. I've been to Andamooka. (laughs) You know, I've met people who literally have buried bodies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I met a guy called Midnight Lenny whose house was made of plants. Excellent. You told me that story. There's some fucking weird people out there. But never anything really weird and paranormal, despite all the weird old buildings I went to, like the Mm -hmm. old ruins in the outback that I spent nights in, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever happened like that. And can I just suggest a theory, though? Yeah. It's because it's Port Perry. Who the fuck wants to spend eternity <laughs> in Port Perry? <laughs> There's some very parochial ghosts. Have you heard the history about the local lead smelter? Largest lead smelter in the southern hemisphere, you know. We got the second longest jetty next to Port Germain, which is only 35 kilometres up oh the river. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if that was your ghost? The oh. fishing here is really good. You can't <laughs> oh eat the God, shellfish. Oh, my God, shut up! You can't eat... Oh, my God, shut up! <laughs> oh, my God, all right, I'll move out! Fuck! <laughs> Just stop talking. We've got a theatre named after Keith <laughs> Michelle, who is oh a world God, renowned. Look, I'm packing my things. I'm packing my things. I'm leaving. <laughs> That's pretty much how it works. The power of Christ compels me to fucking leave. <laughs> oh, there were two guys that I used to work with in these newspapers. Who These these are the closest things I came to anything paranormal because mm. their nicknames to me were The Stench and The Ghoul. Oh. Right? Now, The Stench was this guy who was like, he was a human ball. He was. He didn't have legs. Or, he was just a fucking ball with feet. You mean a, like? A, are we talking a scrotum? Not not a scrotum. Like imagine a human that was completely round. Oh. Like complete. Like Grug. Oh. Imagine if Grug had okay. a, had a massive fucking Xbox addiction and smoked heaps of weed. Oh. And needed needed money. So why? Well, yeah. Oh. Oh. yeah, that was the guy, and he never showered, and he smoked, and he lived in a caravan, and this is the desert, man. So it gets hot. <clears throat> so he, I called him the stench because you knew he was coming to drop off the camera from the weekend because oh. you could smell him before he came into the Why office. would he have the camera for the weekend? Because that's how it worked. Like we needed to take sports photos, uh, mm. what we called social pictures, which were literally just people sitting in the local pub having dinner and we'd go up to them and say, hey, I'm here from the paper. Do you want your picture in the paper? And they'd go, oh, yeah, right. It's a special night. We're having, having parmigiana. <laughs> And they'd get their picture in the paper. And that was actually a huge money spinner for us. That's Be- how you sold your newspapers? Yeah, people yeah. would go, oh, I was in the Transcontinental on the weekend. You want to see it there? I am having a schnitzel. Right. But because none of us wanted to do it, because it was mm. the weekend and we didn't want to work for free, yeah. we paid these two dudes almost no money. Yeah. And this this wasn't me who set this up. I inherited this system. Yeah. You know, I'm a labor person. I would have paid them more if I could. Right. But these people were getting like $100 a weekend to go out on Friday and Saturday night and yeah. take a bunch of social pictures yeah. and take a whole bunch of sports photos. Yeah. But they were both 
the most socially inept people you've ever met in oh. your lives. So you'd have this dude that we called the stench. Uh-huh. And all the photos he would come back with were just people trying not to puke while they're eating their schnitzels just like, oh, like they're being infected with a biblical plague of bad smell. <laughs> <laughs> it was just horrific. Oh, my God. Why? Oh. I know, but no one else would do the job, so we couldn't sack him. And then there was another guy he, he rotated on a roster with that we yeah. all used to call the ghoul. Because he had zero social skills. He was the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. But zero social skills. Like, he, he had something that wasn't diagnosed. Okay, right. yeah. And he, he just had this amazing knack for taking photos of people with their eyes closed. <laughs> so entire parties would look dead. <laughs> so we called him the ghoul because it looked like he'd just literally stolen their souls with every photograph. Oh the problem being... Oh, no, go on. Find these people to employ these oh, people. I, it was a small town. They were desperate. There was no one else who would do but it. Like, but how did they know? Like, like is there a LinkedIn? In where, like, well, like, you just advertise in your own paper. Who wants to earn 75 bucks a weekend taking photos? And these two guys who were fucking desperate took the jobs. The problem being with these dudes uh, uh-huh. is that we had, a, we had a fucking policy in those papers that if you took someone's photograph, it had to be published. Because that was a contract you made with them that... You were going to honour that contract. So we had every oh, second no. week we had, a fo- we had a whole bunch of people who looked like they had food poisoning trying not to puke. And the next <laughs> time around was just a whole bunch of people with eyes closed. Oh, my God. You know what? And people wonder why, like, tourism never took off in, like, Port Piri. Can you imagine picking up a copy of those newspapers yeah. and be like, oh, I don't know what's happening in that town, but it's not yeah. good. But half half of my life was Photoshopping these pictures. Like, it, we'd get we'd get hen's nights. I remember this was the best one I ever did. Yeah. We got a hen's night with all these people who had penis straws around their necks. So we had these photos of, like, they were good photos, too, for the first time ever. Yeah. Big, beaming smiles. They've all got their arms around each other. Veiny dicks. Veiny dicks pointing straight down to their cleavage, hanging around their necks. How is that not your front cover? Uh, well, it, it nearly became it after I photoshopped crucifixes <laughs> over all the cocks. <laughs> so all these girls were just like, yeah, look at us. Oh, my God, we're wearing crosses. <laughs> I had to ring them up and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> how, did they, how did they take that? They actually, they actually thought it was quite funny. Yeah, you know, okay. I, like, I can't, I can't print pictures of 100 dicks in this paper. Why not? But the photo's out there somewhere. But um, I remember our sister paper in Port Pirie had the funniest one because we. Uh, this was the first time there's like a, there's a football game in South Australia where the Adelaide Crows take on the Port Adelaide Power. Yeah, it's a big deal, and this was like the third ever one because the Port Power they've, they've only been around since like 1993 or something. Yeah, so they've been around forever. <laughs> and so we lent a camera to this couple who won tickets to go to the game, and the idea was like, this is before selfies. This is like 2002. Yeah. Before people were really doing selfies, we had lent them this little compact digital camera. Take a photo of yourselves at the mm-hmm. game. We'll print it in the paper. You're our prize winners. Of course, they take one photograph because they're embarrassed as fuck. Yeah. They're, both their eyes are closed. <laughs> they're our prize winners. <laughs> we have to run the picture. Oh my god. So the guy who no. the guy who features in the story I'm about to tell you did the best Photoshop job you've ever seen in your life. He literally just painted their eyes white no. and stuck fucking like googly eyeballs in the middle of them. So these two people no. No. in full colour no. with cookie monster no. eyes. Oh my god. And this newspaper was a hundred and fifty year old institution suddenly printing cookie monster eye pictures of people. <laughs> Oh my god! You know what? I've just figured out. 
if you are an alien life form yeah. and you don't want your presence known mm. here on Earth, all you've got to do is just cover your spacecraft in cocks. That's why there's no printable pictures. Someone has got the Enterprise and has just done a giant cock and balls right on the front. No one could post it. No. There we go. That's why there's no decent photo. I bet you Riker did it. It's the Rikermobile. Come on. Uh, they just photoed around. Oh, the boy, the Rikermobile. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so this the guy that actually did that googly-eyed Photoshop job, mm-hmm. he was the production manager at the sister paper, the one I worked at, which was actually back in Port Perry, mm. which was the Port Perry Recorder. His name was Grant. Lovely fella. Yeah. Uh, Greg, sorry. Lovely, lovely fella. He did all the digital pre-press production and that sort of stuff. He was locked away in what used to be the staff room. Okay. Of the school, which had been converted to a server room. So it was blacked out, yep. air-conditioned, mm-hmm. basically soundproofed because mm. uh, it had just so much um, you know, treatment in the room to basically keep it cool. That okay. it, was like, it was almost like working in a studio. Okay. And I got to work as the editor of this paper for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him and I was just like, look, so it was par for the course to be at work until 10 o'clock at night before deadline. So he'd be there two nights a week, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And Grant's just like, oh, by the way, I'd leave at 5.30. I'm like, oh, well, that's a bit annoying. He goes, no, don't worry. i get everything done I need to do, but I'm going to go. I'm like, okay, that's super cool. Yeah. Find out from the other staff the reason he does it is because yeah. of the ghost. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Get fucked. Yeah. No, yeah. no, he's he's just a good time manager. Like, I'm not going to hold that against him. If he yeah. gets his job done within his paid hours, fucking good on him. He gets to go home. Everyone's yeah, exactly. like, no, nah, he won't work here after dark. I'm like, oh, fucking whatever. Because normally he would be the only person there. Okay. Because he's doing all the final last minute pre-production mm-hmm. stuff. Interesting deal. Ooh. Apparently, uh-huh. there's a ghost that inhabits the upstairs part of the building. Okay. The, the interesting part about this is that you simply cannot access that upstairs part of the building because it's an old 1940s building. There's no exterior staircase. Uh-huh. It's just one in the middle yeah. and that door has been blocked off. The only way to get up to that top yeah. would have been to scale up an old lead pipe and somehow claw your way through a window it's okay. simply impossible to get up there. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's been barred off because the company bought it went, okay, these are the security risks. You know, We'll turn the top into a storeroom. It can only be accessed through a, a gate that's held together with a huge like prison-style lock. Okay. It was impenetrable, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, get fucked. This is bullshit. Yeah. I'm there working on my own, doing digital pre-production at about 1.30 in the morning uh-huh. when I hear footsteps walk from one side of the building directly over my head and stop exactly over my head and basically just kind of hover. And I just kind of went, turning off that thing now, going the fuck home as fast as I could. At the time, it was pretty fucking scary, but I'm thinking, okay, it's got to be cats. It's got to be It's mm. got to be something that's just up there that we can't. You know, Someone is actually living in your basement. Someone's, or yeah. your attic. Someone's found a way to do it. Yeah. So that it did scare the shit out of me because they were heavy footfalls. It like wasn't a rat. It wasn't the building contracting or anything like that. It was yeah. a loud footfalls directly coming from a roof that was about 40 metres square. So there was a big roof. Mm-hmm. So I heard them coming all the way across the room and stopping above my head. Freaked the fuck out. I went home. Yeah. Years later. So this happened in maybe 2003. Mm-hmm. Years later, I'm there with my dad who is now for the church. The church has got it back. Uh-huh. And they've turned it into a local parish centre where people can drop in and they have like the AA meetings there and like dad okay. has a little art club and they have like a, a men's mental health breakfast. That's all really cool. Yeah. Right? 
I'm there with my then nine-year-old nephew mm-hmm. and I'm trying to spook him out mm-hmm. by showing him some of the old pictures of the Jesuits and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I walk him around the outside of the building and I show him how it's completely impenetrable. Still to this day, yeah. there is no fucking way you're getting up there. Yeah. It cannot be done. Yeah. We're walking around the building and show him all this stuff and I basically say, yeah, and then the building, like this stuff walked all the way across the room. I fucking finished telling him that. Yeah. We all, like there's 10 of us in the room, hear footsteps go from one side of the room to the other and then a phone starts ringing up there which has not been connected for at least 10 or 15 years. And we're like, oh, fucking right. This is a bit freaky. Because like the NBN's rolled through, those phones are disconnected. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Couldn't they send Jesus up there to have a look? I don't know if Jesus is like a, a high gun for hire you know, finish a fight. You can't kind of go. No, I, I, these, these are the exact circumstances where I think this is the, you know, the Lord is supposed to like step in. I've seen the exorcist. But no, it doesn't have angels for that. Like, doesn't he have a couple of like fucking pissed up Irish guys like Michael and those guys? I want to go straight to the top. Yeah, fair enough. Don't, yeah. don't mess around. Karen wants the manager. <laughs> I, but could there be? Um, I mean, that's the thing with like all of these old buildings. You know, yeah. you hear stories of all these like secret hidden entrances. Yeah. You know, could there be a secret hidden entrance, and you know, someone's living up in the attic? Maybe. The only possible way is someone has literally got onto the roof somehow and come in through the old tiles, the old asbestos tiles. Mm. But you've got to be fucking courageous, and there's nothing up there. Like, there's no toilet. There's nothing. Mm. So you couldn't live up there. Who's who's the other thing is who's phoning the dead? Yeah, well, debt collectors, the Commonwealth Bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're trying to give them home loans. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be interesting to in a zero percent deposit rate. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm dead. Oh, excellent. Well, <laughs> well that just brought your credit rating up. <laughs> we have the credit system for you. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay. So okay. that's that's my ghost story, and I still I still think there's got to be a logical explanation for that, but mm. doesn't mean I did not shit my fucking pants. What do you, what do you think the logical explanation could be? Someone found a way to get up there that I don't know about, and there's an old phone that's somehow still connected to the old copper wire system. Could it be? I mean, how how long ago was this? Could it just be someone with a, a um? Like a mobile phone that rings like an old phone? No, it was one of those old Telstra commanders. You could hear it. Oh. Those, that, that very specific 1980s ring of a Telstra commander. Because there's a couple of things like that. Like, A, like it's kind of depressing that you have to come back and haunt an attic. But it's also depressing that can you imagine if you can see everything that's going around you but you can still only access 1980s technology? Oh, that would actually kind of rule. Oh, you're such a nerd. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what I never understood on our phones? What? Why was triple O the emergency? Like, because that's the number that takes the longest. Because if you have to just put your finger in the zero and drag it round, and then it's got to go all the way back. Like, you could bleed out. Proves you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just, I don't know why that always vexed me. Because it's just, because I just imagine like, oh, my God, it's a crisis. And you just have to like, budget. Wait for it to come around as like the axe murderer is climbing, like bashing in the window. Just hang on. What? That's the least of your problems, though. In an old, you know, in an old emergency response team where, you know, they've got to go out and start up the old F100 ambulance and someone's got to finish their beer and put their overalls on before they come out to help you. 
There was no help in the eighties. In the eighties, no one could hear you scream. My 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 dad when he retired was part of like the local like CFS, and yeah. it's like it wasn't even like a. What's there to burn in Broken Hill? No, no, no. This is when he retired up near Menindee Way. Oh, okay, yeah. So you know the old dead trees by the river. Um, someone's barbecue would like get out of control, yeah. and like all these blokes would just like show up in just like. With like singlets and thongs, yeah. And because I remember my dad telling me about they, you know, they went and put somebody's like fence like out because it caught fire, yeah. And like dad had like singed like all the hair like off his arms, and I'm like, oh my god, like don't they give you like like special equipment? And Flame-proof. dad was like, ah, it's just it's too bloody hot in that shit. And we're like, oh my god, like it's so yeah, all these guys are just shown up to like put it out and yeah. like singed all the fur off. And I'm like, Dad, you've got to wear protection. And like my dad's like, well, I had my hat on. Oh, fucking listen to Nikki Louder here. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> and he doesn't mean his CFS hat. He means like his like just like baseball hat. Gone fishing. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So it's all right. Was he wearing his good flip flops? Yeah. Fuck. No, 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 they're for the pub. <laughs> so, you know, so the important thing is, you know, sure, he might catch fire, but he wasn't, you know, going to get those dangerous sun rays while he was doing it. Did I ever tell you about the closest I ever came to being beaten up in a country pub? Oh, I, I uh, imagine there's been so many times. There was times. quite a few times, yeah. But the, the closest I ever came, and I didn't know about it until afterwards, someone just goes, mate, do you know how close you came to copping that kick? And I was like, nah. And he goes, didn't you see he took his thongs off? <laughs> like, oh, wow, for the traction. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, yeah, that's when you know shit. Bruce Lee don't fight in flip flops. Yeah, damn straight. (laughs) It's just like you know, some people take their earrings off, some people take their flip flops off. Yep. It's when they take their flip flop off and pick it up. Oh yeah, run. Yeah, that's some Iraqi shit. Yeah, (laughs) you were about to cough at hard school. Oh my god. All right. So that's uh, so. How how did that experience like make you feel? Do do you think maybe? I shat my pants, but at the same time, I'm like, it's my mind playing tricks on me and there is a logical explanation for it. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not that I don't want to believe, it's just like, it's simply, it's an old building, there's mm-hmm. ways in, it's yeah. probably it's probably just, you know, if, if I hadn't been told uh-huh. that story by Grant, yep. I probably wouldn't have had the same experience. Yeah, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, that you wouldn't logically went, oh my God, yeah, no, it's the ghost up there. Yeah, it would have been, oh, there's a big fucking cat. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Garfield. And he hates Mondays. Mondays. <laughs> it's production day. Oh, look, I feel him. I hate Mondays too. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, I had um, I had a ghost experience. Do we now need spooky music? <laughs> Please. I bought this off Audio Jungle for $4. We need to use it. Oh, my God. Well, you better get your money's worth. Money's worth coming up. Well... I never believed in ghosts. I've always thought there has to be a logical explanation for everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I was about 19, place where I was working... Did they allow women to work in that era when you were 19? (laughs) Dramatic pause on the music. That's actually so I can run because you would beat me in a fight. I'm my like vagina power is trying to make you fucking <laughs> catch fire right now. <laughs> if you could see the serious frown I'm wearing. Oh my god, I don't know why, but there is a fucking scrub fire starting somewhere right now. Oh my god. Get burn! <laughs> the eyebrows of doom. Ah, <sighs> uh, sorry. 
I was 19. Very happy-go-lucky, happy in the world. Where I was working, one of the uh, older ladies, who at that stage was in her mid-20s, uh, was actually going out of town for a week. And where I was living, I was living with a share house. So there's like about 10,000 of us, you know, all piled into a you know, two-bedroom inner-city apartment. Yeah. So the idea of being able to stay a week by myself in a two-bedroom house was like winning the lottery. Uh, we're going to fix that frown on the eyebrows downtown. <laughs> I was so excited. I'd have been so looking forward to this. So I travelled out there. I'd never, I'd never been to uh, her house before. Now the other thing is, I have lived alone for most of my life. Um, I've before that everywhere I've lived, I've lived in apartments by myself. I've lived in houses by myself. I've lived in remote areas by myself. So. I've never had a problem with being alone at night. Yeah. You know, I've never heard bangs or rustles, you know, in the trees for anything for, oh, is it a stray cat? I'll adopt it. <laughs> so I've never had a problem and I actually enjoy the solitude. Yeah. So I came over with my, you know, little bag of goodies and dropped them off. She had a note. So I came in, you know, set about making myself at home, uh, went in, you know, had a shower put a, a gazillion roast vegetables in the oven, as you do. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to describe the situation, where you come in, there's a front door and it sort of opens up into a large lounge room area. Um, and there's a TV and there's a couch and the couch backs up onto where the dining table would be. Yep. And then behind that were two big glorious glass sliding doors that led into the kitchen. Oh, the old 1950s house with the, the frosted glass with the kind of the gold inlays and that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but just off by the front door was the bedroom. And so then if you walked out into the kitchen and then if you just turned to the right, there was a small little hallway area which led to the second bedroom and next to it was the bathroom yeah and just in the hallway area was the manhole cover uh now i did think as i was sort of you know so obviously a bit of a sticky beak you know you have a look in yeah, you know, of course pop you your head in all of the rooms yeah um and, you know and she told me to just you know set up in the front bedroom you know that's her bedroom it's the main bedroom and i did think it was a bit weird that she was using the front bedroom um, when the second bedroom that was by the bathroom was obviously larger. Yeah. A, a much larger bedroom. But I did notice that, you know, it, it was a bit cooler than the rest of the house. And I'm like, oh, you know, this was the outer suburbs of Melbourne. It's, you know, it's, it's a cold place in winter. Yeah. So, you know, I potter about the night as you do, just having fun. Um, and I remember... Um, I was sitting there watching watching the TV, had my dinner, sitting there watching the TV. And then I could sort of hear this humming. Not a person humming, more sort of a, a mechanical... Like an electrical kind of hum? Yeah. And I'm like, I remember thinking, well, oh, that's strange. Like, what is that? At first, I just sort of ignored it, thinking, oh, it's a water heater or the air conditioner, you know, the heater or something. Um... And it, but it starts getting louder and louder. 
And I sort of come out and I'm sort of following the direction of the noise and, and I come out through the kitchen into the hallway area and it seems to be sort of coming almost as if it's it's within the roof area. Like, right, so it could be the hot water system. Yeah, yeah, just above, you know, the manhole area and I'm like, okay, this is... That's weird. And, you know, just thinking, oh, God, I hope it's not something that's overheating or I've got to turn something off. You know, I... I, I go outside and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to see the hot water service on the roof or something, you know, like an idiot. First, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go outside. So I go outside. There's no hot water system on the roof. You know, mm. the, the air con isn't up there. So I'm like, okay, that's that's just weird. Um, I'm like, what could it be? I come back in the house. The noise has stopped. So I'm like, that's eh, all good. Yeah. No noise. No problem. So I settle back down watching the watching the uh watching the tv again it's mechanical noise it's humming starts again bloody what is that that is just annoying starting to get louder and louder i go back out i walk out i'm looking at everything i'm looking at the fridge you know giving it a rattle you know um there's nothing i did notice that in the hallway area and the second bedroom yeah is now freezing. It, it is so cold. It's almost like, you know, you can feel um, the drop in the temperature, you know, at the doorway. And I'm like, oh, that's just bloody Melbourne. It's just, yeah. I can see why she doesn't use this bedroom. This is ridiculous. Anyway, the, the noise is is, is is going. I'm like, no, it's, it's, got, oh, it's driving me crazy. I've got to know what this is. Again, I go outside. I've got to be looking at something. Can't see anything. Come back. That's just annoying. You know what? I'm, just, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. So I get into bed. Everything's good. I settle down. I'm just about to, you know, nod off. You can start to hear the... this humming again. Jesus, what is that? That is so annoying. Like, now it's just more, I'm frustrated. I yeah. need to know what this is. I come back out again. I'm looking. I've got the lights on. There's nothing. Have I checked? Have I turned the oven off? The oven is off. Is the fridge off? Maybe I should turn the fridge off. Maybe it's it's something weird. I can't find anything. It's still freezing out there. This is ridiculous. I do another circle. Go outside. Do another circle. It's nothing. Yeah. I come back. I'm like, oh, I'm just annoyed now. I put the TV on. And I'm, I'm just sitting there watching the TV. And then I sort of, at first I get this feeling like I'm, be, I'm being watched. Yeah. I'm like, that's just, that's strange. And I sort of, you know, just turn around, there's nothing there. And I'm like, oh, just don't, you're being, just, whatever. You're just, you're, you're annoyed, you're frustrated. Yeah. Do a bit of channel surfing. And I remember that it was showing um, the Batman movie ah, with Jack Nicholson. Michael Keaton. Excellent. I'm yeah. so excited. Jack Nicholson's stellar performance. Mm. So I settle in to, you know, watch, watch this repeat. I've seen the movie before. And I am stretched out on the couch. And where the couch is, the, the back, obviously, is to the dining table. Yeah. Anyway, so I stretch out on the couch and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm relaxed again, you know. I was getting a bit sleepy. Maybe I can, you know, start to think about, you know, nodding off again. 
And then just, bam, I feel someone over me. It's just, it's just come out of nowhere. It is as if someone has rushed into the room and is now bent over the couch and was in inches mm. of my face. Like, it was almost like you could feel the heat of another person just inches above my fells. But and it wasn't just the, the sensation of feeling someone there. It was the feeling of anger. And it was the feelings of rage. And feeling threatened. Now, I'm someone who, I grew up in a rough country town. Mm. And I've got a smart mouth. I've been like picked up and thrown over a table before, okay? I've been threatened, I've been pushed. I know what it feels like when someone is physically threatening you. None of that compared to how physically threatened I feel. It was as if someone was there and they hated me and they wanted to hurt me and they hated me. I was so scared, I, I couldn't even move. My first thought was, I want to jump up, but I'm like, I can't like jump up because if I jump up, their head is right there and my head is going to crack into their head. So in one swift move, I still don't even know, I became almost like fluid and sort of sunk forward and just sort of slid forward onto the couch and leapt up, ready to face who was ever there. Because, oh my God, if they were coming for me, I was gonna go down swinging. I was gonna punch and claw and kick my way into them. Mm. Nothing. There is absolutely nothing there, but I feel it. <laughs> I can feel them there in the doorway. And in the meanwhile, I start to hear the humming. The mechanical humming is growing and growing again from just past the kitchen. And I can feel whatever it is staring at me and it hates me and it wants me to suffer. So this is 2 a.m. in a Melbourne night and I am, I am working part time and I am butt ass poor. But what I did, this was looking at me. I crept, my eyes never leaving that spot from behind the couch where I could feel it looking at me. I didn't dare not look at it. I didn't even want to blink. And I backed slowly towards the front door. Luckily, when I had come in, I had dumped my backpack by the front door, which had my keys, my wallet and my shoes, because my habit, I always kick my shoes off when I come in the front door. So in the middle of the night, in my purple fake satin pajamas, using my hand behind me, I opened the door, slid down enough to pick up my uh, backpack, put that into the other hand, picked up my shoes, and then backed out of the room, always keeping my eyes on that spot. I shut the door and I continued to back out of the house until I got to the driveway and then ran, ran like a little fat girl has never run before. I ran for at least a block 
and then I was sort of walking and I'm like what the hell was that I don't know what that was I was just I came to a public payphone because this was before you know I had a yeah I had a mobile phone came to a phone I called a cab and I spent what was the equivalent of a week's rent on a taxi to take me from this house back to where I was living and the next day um I called my friend because she had left a number in case of emergencies and I called her up and I was just, I, I hadn't slept all night and I'm just like, look, nah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I knew that I would, I, I, I said that I'd look after your place and everything, but you can fuck off. You can get fucked. I am not going back in that house. I don't know what the fuck was in that house, but I am not going back into that house. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like it was like something there. I don't know. Like, I didn't know if someone had like broken in. I don't know. And there was like this noise and, and very calmly, she's like, oh, let me guess the noise. Was it coming from the hallway? And I'm like, well, yeah, like, yeah, like just like in the hallway, like out of the bathroom. But I'm like, but there was like, there was like someone there, like he was watching me. And she just very casually says, ah, oh, I was wondering if he would make an appearance. Fucking hell. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Would he make an appearance? She goes on to tell me that the reason that she was able to afford a two bedroom house just on the outskirts of Melbourne was because the real estate agent was having a terrible time renting the house. One of the reasons is because one of the previous occupants had lived there with his fiance mm -hmm. and had come home to find her having an affair in their bed, in Ugh. the spare bedroom. Uh. They got into an argument, she left. As a result, he hung himself. He strung the rope around beams in the attic with the noose coming out and hanging out into the manhole. Oh, Jesus. And that's where he hung himself and died. And she said that was why she never used that room because it was always so cold. And she said that it, it, it was so weird. She hadn't had that bad of an experience. She said she had felt that she was watched sometimes. But then looking at my friend and looking at myself, we were the complete opposites of each other. I'm about five foot eight. She was like about five foot four. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a thicker girl skinny as a rake yeah. um, she had very short blonde hair at the time I had very long brown hair so we were almost yeah like the physical opposites to each other and all I could think is maybe I looked like the ex-girlfriend Jesus now the thing is if I had known about that story before you could say yes I had prejudice yeah I had no idea about the history of that house um, no experience of anything. She'd never come in even saying, oh, my room is a bit cold or there is ghosts or anything. Yeah. Um, so you can't say that I was prejudiced and had any preconceptions. I've lived by myself. I'm not easily stalked. And although I have no physical evidence, even to this day, I... The hairs on my neck raise just thinking about the anger 
Yeah. That was directed towards me that night. And on that occasion made me believe that there's definitely something. I don't know what it is. But I think maybe old school ghosts could be something to it. Consider the eyebrows on my vagina sufficiently raised. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I- imagine you running to that phone box and dialing in the 80s or the early 90s and there's a phone <laughs> in Port Perry ringing above me. <laughs> Damn it, the wrong number. Oh my- <laughs> well, the other thing is I feel really bad for like the taxi driver because the taxi driver must have just assumed I was on some kind of like methamphetamine because when I got in the car, he like first of all, he sort of – you know, picked me up and I had to give these very dodgy, I, I'm surprised they sent someone out because yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm on the corner of, oh, oh, hang on, let me look at street lamps and, you know, got like, I'm on the corner of, you know, yeah. here and here. I'm dressed just in pyjamas um, and Dr. Martin boots. <laughs> grunge. And, you know, at like three, like three in the morning and I got in the cab and I just remember I was just like, oh my God, like I don't know what was in there, but oh my God, there was definitely like something in there. Like I don't even fucking know, like la 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 la. So the, her house stayed like empty for the rest of the week. And as a part of me, I feel bad because when I ran out, I had still left stuff like in the oven. Like the oven was off. Yeah. But, you know, the, oh, I was going to have for like breakfast the next day. And I, like all the lights, the TV, everything on. But yeah. even during the day, I was like, nah, you couldn't pay me. Well, you left something for the ghost. Yes. <laughs> Casey gets knobby. Trust you to come across a pissed off incel ghost. Oh my god, yes, yeah, seriously. Like, and it's just, and it, it's it's one of these things where it's like, it, it's, uh, I, I think if you've never been in a situation where you've felt physically threatened or actually, yeah. if you're ever in a situation and you feel like you're about to be physically harmed, there is like a, uh, you know, you. you it's it's almost like when that person is there, you can sense that. You know, your senses kick in. It's a yeah. whole predator response. You could feel when something's not right and you're in danger. And yeah. I have never felt as threatened as I did that night or as in danger. There you go. Yeah. Creepy as fuck. Oh, and you know, and like that just fucking, that's what pisses me off. Like, don't just like creep up on a girl. Like, if you're angry and you've got some resol- unresolved issues, yeah. A, take it up with a therapist. The other thing is, oh my God, you know what? I'm just going to like show up and like creep up like girls in the middle of the night. At least have the common decency to make yourself known as an apparition because then I want to know exactly where to punch you in your little ghost dick. Yeah. That's why she cheated on your fucking ghost dick. <laughs> Because you aren't man enough to show your little ghost dick. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's like – and it, but I, I think that was like one of the most challenging things for me. Like if I had turned around and it was like a person, like yeah. I still would have shat myself. Yeah. Like but at least you know where to punch or yeah. what to kick. You know, with this, you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Am I punching you or am I accidentally like giving you a handy? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to accidentally give you a handy. You're either, an asshole. Either way, the ghost would be happy. <laughs> it's not all about the ghost. Oh my god. The ghost Even wanks. dead. It's all about men being happy. <laughs> oh my god. What about my needs? What about my needs? Fucking ghost patriarchy. Oh fuck 
get to watch the end of bloody Batman. That does suck. Oh, Nicholson is so good in that movie. He is. <laughs> oh, but so that is my ghostly experience. That's way better than my slight heavy footsteps. <laughs> well, when I say way better, it sounds fucking absolutely terrifying. But also a pretty standard sharehouse experience from my... <laughs> Oh, did, did I not mention the horrible fucking personification of evil in the spare room? Yeah, that yeah. just, you know, hangs out looking for like long-haired, uh, you know, women to just fucking, you know, oh, I'm a tough man now. Yeah, now I'm a fucking, fucking ghost tough guy. Yeah. I read fucking ghost FHM and I listen to ghost <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> and I'm going to shit on your birthday cake and there is going to be nothing that you can do about it. <laughs> fucking fuck off, mate. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Yeah, so there is there is definitely something. Yeah, toxic ghost masculinity. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Incel bullshit. Of it like, is. oh, I'm going to menace women from beyond the grave. You fucking pussy. Yeah, absolutely. Just bullshit. I want to see a fucking, I want to see a feminist exorcist. That'd be so good. <laughs> Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Well, that's her choice. And good on her. And what say do you have about what my mother does with her body? Yeah, don't tell her to live. Oh, my God. You will get the fuck out of this house unless you're paying these bills. The ghost of Jermaine Greer compels you. <laughs> have you seen what she did? Your cunting daughter? Don't use that word in that. Cunts are good things. Yeah, cunts are powerful. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you're a shit director. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. God, that would be oh my god, I would I would pay tickets to see that. Feminist exorcist. Yes. I'd I'd pay to see that. Yes. Oh my god, it's like she just goes to like frat houses. Yeah. <laughs> the power of feminism compels you. The power of feminism compels you. Until someone summons Clementine Ford. As soon as you get in an <laughs> argument with an incel, you gotta tag Clementine and bring her in like it's your fucking Hadouken punch. Oh yeah. That's her job. That is her job. That is her job. That is her job. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I went on a blind date with her once? Oh, my God. Are you the reason she hates men? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Suddenly it all makes sense. <laughs> she doesn't hate men. I want that clarified. No. She just hates you. Yeah. People say, well, what's it like? Oh, she was actually really good company and she's good for a drink. What do you mean? What was it? What was no. it like? She's not an alien with a third no, head. She's a but that's that's what men say. Like, oh my god, what was it like? It's like, you actually had a really good time. Oh my god, that's like, what do they think? Feminist? Can I share an experience with you? Okay, on that kind of yeah. that male logic. Um, I was with a, a friend of mine. Yes, a female. Her yeah. name is Bob. Um, long story. Yeah. Um, but well, it, it Bobby. Was, yeah. Well, actually, no, it's Mandy, but it's a long story. Okay. Um, anyway, so it was her birthday, so we obviously got her extremely drunk as quickly as possible oh. as the shit irresponsible friends that okay. we are. Because yeah. that's what you do in Australia. You try to kill your friends on their birthday. Yeah. Um, so she got very, very sick. And she was just like about to, I don't know, either fall like asleep for like 36 hours or die. So we're like, oh, I'm going to go put her in the cat. <laughs> And this was at the stage where oh, did you did you know me when I had the mohawk? No. Uh, I had I had the proper mohawk, shaved sides. Um, In Adelaide, were you? Yeah. I probably saw you at the pub. Yeah, like yeah. you know, sticking up mohawk, um, like gelled up, like proper um, faux leather jacket on. Okay. Vegan leather jacket on, big giant earrings. Um, anyway, 
So as my friend who could barely walk was sort of staggering about, I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm a very good friend. I'm going to take her, you know, take her home now. We'll put her to bed before she dies. Yeah. Um, and as we were sort of like making our way out of the pub, there was a couple of younger gentlemen there. Clearly it was like their first night out on the town. Yeah. And so at first I've got one arm around my friend, you know, trying to keep her up and moving. So he obviously just sees one woman with her arm around another woman. Yeah. All of his teenage boys' fantasies has happened. Like, he knew this was going to happen the second that he had a beer. Yeah. There was going to be lesbian action. Woo-hoo. So, he just sees, like, a woman with her arm around another woman. And he goes to, like, get in, like, the front of us to be like, yeah. Like, I'm here, little ladies. Unwrap my package. Oh, no. I am obviously just, I am, I am not up for this shit because I'm just about, like, I'm dragging this drunk woman. I'm just trying to get her out into a cab. No time for your bullshit, okay? But before I could say anything, his mate, okay, like grabbed his arm and sort of pulled him back. And I actually overheard them as we went past. Because, you know, you're drunk. You're not as quiet as you think you are. Yeah. And as we went to went past, his friend just grabbed him and pulled him out of the way and was like, oh, my God, mate, no, look at her girlfriend. She'd fucking bend you over the table and fuck you in the ass." <laughs> well, it's not wrong. And, like, <laughs> and it was part of me. I just wanted to be like, oh, my God, it's just a mohawk. <laughs> like, God the strap-on, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to eighteen. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, you're right. That's just that's just how some boys. Yeah, very much react. Yeah, yeah. Well, I reckon we've done our time. This is an hour and thirty. So, what are we going to do to wrap it up? How do how do we wrap? I didn't think to like how to wrap this one up. I went from like two hundred percent of like preparation to like I've told this story before. <laughs> well, I think there's only one way to finish a story like this with more spooky music. You know, if I die first and you ever feel an angry spirit just like (laughs) rush into the room, it will be me remembering this moment. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Like us on Facebook or Instagram, Gavin in the Woods, or Liz's other podcast, Deuce Poix. Deuce Poix. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. There's 12 points. It's 12. a Eurovision podcast. Eurovision. I'm done. I'm going to talk about fucking alien dicks. Oh my God, we have an old episode of that coming out. We have alien We have alien sex coming up. We have... Ghost sex. We have the, the curses of Uluru. Oh, yes. Um, we have mysterious yachts found adrift in the ocean. All of it coming up. In the next exciting episode of Cabin.